Yo, everybody, thank you very much for joining us again here on another episode. We got uh, Mike Harshaw, fellow Las Cabos artist, and uh, this is our little sit down chit chat from a couple weeks ago. All right, enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. It is me, your host, Mike Schwartz, Ratitude RX, with a very special guest, a gentleman, a scholar, drummer extraordinaire, and fitness buff dude now. <laughs> oh, he's laughing. I wasn't convincing. This is Mr. Mike Harshaw. Mike, how are you doing? Thank you for being on the show. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Right on, dude. So, I mean, we might as well cut right to the chase here. You've been you've been playing drums for how long? Uh, going on, I think, 19 years now. That's a fantastic amount of time. <laughs> and a little while. <laughs> uh, why don't you sp- uh, explain a little bit about how we first got connected and uh, a little bit about your background with uh, with drums and, and the music industry in general. Okay. Is this, uh, this is for Birdiments? Yeah, this is for okay, anything, cool. dude. Yeah. Uh, awesome. No, I just, uh, yeah, you, you initially contacted me for uh, a Birdiments episode and then sort of... Uh, inadvertently got into the conversation of me having uh, some shoulder issues that had been going on for, I think, six or seven months at that point. Uh, and then uh, we started doing some online stuff, uh, just uh, exercises, and that started to help. And then uh, we ended up agreeing to meet twice a week because it was helpful to have you with me. <laughs> do things properly. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yes, we did see quite a struggle in the first couple days. Was I was sitting there going like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, that's pretty common, actually. Like from my line, it was you were you were actually in a better situation than you led on, um, and that that as a coach, that's always a, a, a nice like you know sigh of relief because like sometimes um, when people come in, it's amazing what inactivity can do. Let's just leave it at that. And sometimes uh, different, especially in the medical world, what I find is that people are told just to leave it alone. You know, stop. Stop moving that. Stop like walking. If your ankle's sore, stop. Don't don't ever kneel if your knees hurt. And it's like those kind of philosophies stay with us <laughs> as kids, and then we immobilize ourselves, and we're actually fear uh, or build a fear of movement. Which um, thankfully, I don't think you had um, at that point. You were willing to to kind of come in and, and try some of the crazy shit that we were doing. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, the goal here today, I mean, um, communicate kind of what's been working for you, how your drumming has um, has gone, and, and I guess overall plans on uh, kind of next approaches for you, what's in store, and where you can go here uh, now that you're uh, on the road to recovery. Right? Mm-hmm. So well, I guess the best place to start is what, what you said with uh, the whole inactivity thing. Because before I had seen you, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, well, it hurts, so I need to rest it as much as possible. So I was trying to rest like constantly. Uh, so my, my practicing drums was like way down. I was only playing like what I needed to, mm-hmm. which is definitely not, uh, the norm for me. I'm definitely a practice guy. Uh, but then I, but then I would be resting all week. And then at the end of the week I, uh, play, play music for a living and teach. Right. So I can't avoid mm-hmm. uh, the physical activity all the time. And then, and then I was just jumping right into like, all right, sure. Let's play metal or classic rock for, for three hours or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Playing bar shows or doing whatever. And then I wasn't prepared. I didn't have any strength that I'd been working on or even mobility because I've been trying to be inactive all week because I thought that's what was helping. And then I was looking for the answers through like massage therapy and chiropractor and 
all stuff that works. But if you're not doing, if you're not keeping up with diet and exercising your own, then it's like these people can't work miracles, right? You need to, you need to be living a healthy, healthy lifestyle on your own, which I thought I was doing the right things, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I've learned a lot uh, that I've been doing a lot of stuff incorrectly and, uh, it's, it's helped huge for sure. Just to, just to keep moving and, uh, I find if I if I just stay still for a few days and I just I just stiffen up. Yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, you think the first thing I was thinking before was oh it hurts I need to stop you know what I mean yeah like absolutely. obviously I don't want to go nuts on it but it, but but uh, doing more has been more way more beneficial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well I'll I'll pull it back just a sec to uh, to some of the points you made earlier and that is um, like playing a lot you're a practice guy and I I think us um, I mean we're both Los Cabos artists. And, uh, and yeah, go through like some of the, some of the groups that you work with, like you're frequently doing some session work, you're, you're playing with a couple full-time bands, you're teaching. Like, it sounds to me like if you're not with me here or with your family at home, you're out on drums somewhere. Is that accurate? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's okay. pretty much nonstop. And then if I'm not, if I'm not playing drums, I'm like working on a setup or I'm like prepping something for teaching yeah. or I'm like working on the next video or, so it's always sort of looking ahead yeah, to the I next know. drum Thing. Well, exactly. Well, name some of uh, some of the groups right now, just for the folks that uh, can kind of find you. Um, where where would one find Mike Harshaw on drums right now? Uh, well, the main the main group I would say is Prism Mind mm-hmm. is my uh, not my band, but but our band where it's uh, just like a creative thing where we're all actually getting to write, and uh, that's I would say that's my main thing, cool. and that's sort of like a progressive rock metal sort of thing, like Dream Theater meets Megadeth meets Iron Maiden Sweet. sort of deal, and then three of us, um, me, the guitar player Kelly, and the singer John, uh, we play in a working band just to stay busy and earn some money in between, uh, called Jackson. Okay. and that one is just playing around the area doing classic rock covers and that sort of stuff, cool. and then uh, what else am I doing? And then I'm sort of all over the place. I do a lot of filling in with, uh, I play with a, a guy named Josh Coulter in Grimsby. I do a lot of acoustic duo stuff with him, or I play with his band off the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also playing with a metal band in Toronto called War Machine, okay. which is another original metal act. Um, they're, uh, I'd say they're, they're Megadeth Iron Maiden style as well. Yeah. And pretty cool stuff. Um, and Oh yeah, and then I just did some recording for someone named Alex Zubair. Uh, he's doing his own project called the Alex Zubair Project, and then uh, I was just a session guy for that. But that that might turn into doing some shows and stuff. We'll see if anything comes from that. But cool. I think that's it for now. I was playing in a Pink Floyd thing. That's that's sort of on hiatus at the moment. Yeah. And I was playing in a couple other tributes and stuff. But I sort of cut down on a few just to uh, not spread myself so thin. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I mean, it sounds like you've got a lot of time in the day to just sort of sit around and do nothing, right? So oh, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, if, <laughs> if anybody out there has a project for this guy that, uh, like, he's he's a good player. I mean, he's not busy at all. <laughs> it's like, no, it's the opposite of that. And that was, uh, that, that kind of leads me to the next point is that um, what could you recommend other, uh, especially our, our, our fellow um, brothers and sisters of the Los Cabos family, because that's where... I really want to kind of make an impact with is um, we're all professional players. And when you've got so many projects on, you're balancing the family life, you're balancing staying well and taking care of yourself with the actual career of being a a musician. What do you find, like if you had three pro tips or even just one, like what's the biggest solid piece of advice that uh, either from your learned past experiences 
of what to do or what not to do. Um, what, what would you recommend everybody out there? Uh, I would say, well, I want to say don't spread yourself too thin, <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's tough, man. Yeah. It's, it's hard to do. Um, and then on one hand you want to take in every opportunity you can, mm -hmm. but on the other hand, you don't want to overwhelm yourself and then sort of be half-assing a whole bunch of things. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, um, like in terms of that, actually recently I did, uh, some session work last year for a thrash act called, uh, mortal annoyance. Cool. They're a thrash band out of, uh, Burlington. And this is perfect for what we're saying. Um, I think that's the first time I've ever turned down, like being a part of a project that I actually wanted to be a part of, mm -hmm. but it was just like, you know what? Uh, I was having the shoulder issues and it was like fairly intense thrash stuff. And then on top of that, I was still doing the Prismine war machine, Jack Sith, teaching the family stuff. So it's just like, I was like, you know, I, I had to step back and say, you know what guys, I can't mainly because I didn't want them sitting around waiting for me. You know what I mean? Totally. But yeah, so I would just say, try not to spread yourself too thin, which is hard. I mean, when you, when you start playing music for a living and it's about, it's about, well, you don't want to say it's about money, but, but it is a lot of the time, right? Like yeah. you can't, you can't take on just every project and you can't do freebies all the time, which sounds bad, but, but when you're relying on the income, right, you got to pick and choose carefully. And then, uh, obviously, I mean, like the Prismine stuff isn't, isn't like for income, although it's, we've been doing a lot better. It's, but I'd say like, I, I, I'm always going to have one or two bands that are, obviously I, I hope that I hope there'll be success out of it, mm -hmm. but a band like Jack Sith, you're getting paid automatically to play classic rock tunes. Right. And obviously most of the Los Cabos guys know that's not the case in a lot of metal shows and <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's pretty ridiculous how, uh, how the music industry has been warped like that. Right. Like, or you're like, I, I'm a working musician. I pay to play. Like what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, ah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. But at the same time, I mean, you've got to do what you love. Right. And that's, um, it's cool to try to get that balancing act. Um, if you can make it work. Right. Mm -hmm. and that's, uh, that's the most important part. Okay, cool. For those of us just joining, we had just started uh, an interview here with none other than Mr. Mike Harshaw, Los Cabos artist, Yamaha artist, playing with about 75 different projects right now <laughs> on drums. And, uh, and we're just piecing together um, his experience with wellness, and we're also talking a little bit of shop on how we don't, well, neither of us are really pad guys then either. Like, I, I try to, but... but we're coming back at you. We've got podcast going. We've got video going. It's a conglomerate thing. We just left off with the fact that balance is so much of a, a professional player's biggest challenge. Would you say that's pretty accurate? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So what have you noticed in the last like three months or so with your balance? Has it gotten better? Has it gotten worse? Where, where are we at with, uh, with your life? Yeah, I think, I think it's gotten a lot better. Um, I've just uh, not even, I guess I haven't really been doing that much less in terms of projects. I've just been starting to get a little better at balancing everything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I haven't well, really cut down on too much. I mean, I've, uh, like, I'm with Prismine and War Machine. We haven't done a terrible amount in the last year, largely in part to me, because I've been sort of, I pulled back and was sort of trying to figure out what was going on with my shoulder before it turned into a, a real issue, because I didn't yeah. want it to be something where it's like, 
okay, now I can't play drums. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's, I guess we should kind of uh, get some background on that too. Give me give me some feedback on what, like our first conversations were, were pretty identifiable, I would say. It's like, oh, we got some major issues going on, chronic pain in the shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Stuff I see out of people that are playing professional sports. Yeah. Right, yeah. guys that have been taking... You know, linebackers <laughs> all day, every day for the last 10 years. And yeah, you're yeah. sitting there like, nope, just playing drums. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like that, that sounds pretty ridiculous when you put it on surface. So walk uh, the, the the fine folks at home here through that conversation and what you were experiencing prior to, uh, to us connecting. Pure frustration is what I was feeling. Because, uh, yeah, it was just... I play hockey and do a lot of, I don't do a lot of sitting around like, yeah, I'll play video games or whatever before I go to bed or whatever. But other than that, I, I pretty much like, like doing stuff with my daughter and she's pretty mobile and then, uh, playing hockey and playing drums. So I'm not really doing a lot of resting and then I wasn't doing a terrible amount of, well, I wasn't doing any real exercising to strengthen my back or my shoulders or, or anything really. And then, so I'd just be sort of sitting at home doing whatever and they'd be like, all right, let's go to play hockey and I'll give her. Yeah, yeah, without yeah. doing any like you said, no like, warm up, no nothing, the, just like zero yeah. to sixty, like we'll that. do like the classic, like get on the ice, oh, do yeah. like two seconds of stretches, like all right, let's go, I'm, I'm good, good. <laughs> I'm good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Or the same with drums, or like, and like with drumming, sometimes it can be hard, and uh, I actually had to sort of replan how, like, when I go and play a show, I try and make sure sure to show up earlier, because yeah. I would be doing, uh, I would show up, and then I'd be setting up right till the last second, and then as soon as I'm done, I'm like, okay, pick up the sticks and play. Mm-hmm. And whereas, like, obviously, the singer and guitar player have a little more time to they set up their stuff and they don't have a drum kit, right? And then they sit down and they get to warm up, and which is what I should be doing. So I was making sure to be done 15 to 20 minutes at least before I play so that yeah. I can sit down and, and do my wrist stretches and just yeah. do something to pinning with the ball that we talked about. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just get the arms moving. And then making sure that I do stuff throughout the day so I'm not, like... I found if I if I try and relax too much in the day and then at night it's like okay then I'll go out and load the drum kit and so it's just I always try and get some movement going before I do do stuff now or whereas before it was just sort of like that's time to play hockey let's go and well yeah sprint out of nowhere well and that's the thing speaking of sprints how are your how are your hips feeling from yesterday pretty good actually I'm awesome. surprised that's, that's all <laughs> we had him out doing some sprint work and a lot of speed skater dry land stuff from uh, from our session just yesterday and it was um, I was I was very interested to see how the next two days of fallout would would react <laughs> on you so no it's great to hear that and it's great to to hear you've had such a positive impact on your own show performance because I think that's one of the pieces that I in my profession in going working with other drummers and other guitarists and other like rock bands uh, for show performance, a lot of them look at me like I got three heads when I mention, okay, what's your warm up? What's your performance routine? Like, what's your? How do you get into it? Mm-hmm. Not even just from a physical standpoint. What are you doing before to get yourself checked into the to the venue and checked into the actual performance? And a lot of people just like, oh, grab a beer. I'm like, okay, cool. I wonder if that worked for Gretzky or Jordan. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, boys, I'm just going to hang out over here. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that's where we come to uh, the next point I want to kind of uh, talk to you about is like the musician-athlete theory. So it's, it's, it's not mine, but it's something I'm developing. Uh, it's a theory that if we treat our performance each and every time we go into rehearsal or every time we go into an actual show or on tour or into studio – if we treat it like an athlete would in a competition, 
you're going to see better results, mm-hmm. right? You got the mindset, you've got the nutrition, and you've got the movement of an athlete behind you. I mean, these people are paid to perform, mm-hmm. which, guess what? So is a musician. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, paid sure. to perform. Yeah. So why are you lacking the performance if you're being paid for it? Yeah, definitely. Right? Even if it's those pennies, it's still you got to take some sort of professionalism with you. So, question to you then: um, When you're coming into these settings, how common is it amongst the other folks that you're you're in? Is it still kind of an unknown, uncharted territory amongst musicians? Like having amongst, like what you do? Yeah, like what you do is that still like taboo? Um. I, I haven't seen a lot of guys doing what I'm doing because I'm doing like some yoga warm-ups. And <laughs> Not too many guys are working with me yet, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't see too many guys doing yoga backstage or anything yet. But uh, I do see stretching. Uh, I see more so playing. Like mm-hmm. guys will jump right to playing, yeah. which is okay. But then I'll see like a case of like people will warm up playing for like 30 to 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. And then they'll get on stage and halfway through the show they'll be like, well, I'm – burning out yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. well you, you just played need, half the set yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't need to warm up like that long yeah. playing it was when i learned from mike mangini he said you should never be doing a warm-up longer than 30 minutes he's like 30 minutes should be absolute max right for, okay. for any warm-up yeah. um but I, yeah i don't see a lot of stretching mm-hmm. but uh yeah and i wasn't doing it either and then everyone has their own theory like they're like oh you shouldn't stretch beforehand you should stretch afterwards or vice versa so everybody yeah. has their own sort of what works for them or what they think works for them. <laughs> yeah, 90% of it's up here too, right? Yeah, so yeah. whatever you think, like the best exercise, when people ask me, what's the best exercise? I'm like, whatever you want to be doing, like whatever exercise you want to do. Mm-hmm. If you don't like running, don't run. Yeah. If you don't, if you love to play hockey, you'd love to go hike, do that because it's going to get you moving, right? Sure. And that's, that's the biggest thing, especially with warm up too. It's like, if you hate doing like, uh, and it's a drag, you're not going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that. What, um, so you spend about a half hour then? Is that accurate? Uh, it depends. Um, it depends how much time I have. Um, like, is it, the half hour is, when Mangini said it, he was talking about in terms of like using your hands. Playing. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, uh, like, I won't usually play for half hour. I don't think I'll probably uh, like if I if I do, I'll do that yoga flow that you taught me. That'll take like twenty minutes or whatever, cool. and then I'll, I'll do like some some of the wrist wrist stretching and stuff. And then I'll just use the ball for a bit. Usually I'll, I'll do the yoga and the wrist stretching and then I'll do some playing. Cool. And then right before I go on, I'll usually do some pinning and stuff just to get the arms going. Awesome. What do you think, like you mentioned a couple of things that I've shown you now too. What do you think has been the most um, kind of foundational in your practice now? Like what has given you the best sense of either relief or something that you can like take and show somebody else that you're that comfortable with that's given you the best kind of um, bang for your buck per se? I'd say a few things. Um, a lot of things, actually. <laughs> I'm trying to think of which one I like the best. Uh, I really like all like the foam roller and the and the ball release stuff that we've done. Yeah, that helps a lot. That cool. helps an absolute ton. Um, I love the wrist stretches. Yeah, if I make sure to like, I like do these guys and make sure I'm stretching up here. Oh, I find sure. if I don't stretch the wrist or this area, it gets really tight to the point where like my wrist is like I can feel like the muscle like Clicking snapping over. Snapping. It's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But if I really stay on top of that, that's what I'd probably say mainly stretching in general. Like that stretch routine that I do, like I'll make sure to do that when I'm when I know I'm done my physical activity for the day. I'll do that stretch routine, yeah. and I find that helps a ton just to keep oh. me nice and loose. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, you're doing that daily then now. 
I do it every day. Yeah. Right on. I'll do it. I'll do it usually at the end of the day. And then if I can, I'll do that yoga flow warm up uh, in in some time of the early day. Yeah. And now I've been sort of now that you gave me like the five minute version. Yeah, I'll yeah. do that if I'm in like a yeah. dash. <laughs> let's let's talk about that because that was a theory that I I had put together on on a couple recommendations that oftentimes like we've already alluded to is that we don't have that much time in a day or we don't think we do anyways. And mm-hmm. it's easier to integrate. Oh, it's only five minutes. Cool, I can do that. Right? How have you found those little fixes, like the five-minute fixes, the five-minute flow? Like we shorten it down, condense it into something that you can easily digest. Is that something that's been really helpful for you in your busy schedule? For sure. The uh, the five-minute flow, I haven't like done it a ton. Cause I yeah. think I just I just learned it the other day. Yeah. So I haven't really like uh, road tested that one totally yeah. yet. Yeah. But uh, I do like the shorter versions. Uh, I'm I'm somebody that has a really hard time like skipping anything. Mm-hmm. So like when it's been really helpful that you've been guiding me because I'm like that guy that like you give me exercises I'm like all right I got to do every one like yeah. ten times like yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like wanna I go overboard and then yeah. that that is a problem as well right so right. so that's been something that's been really helpful you just making sure that I'm just sort of not going too crazy with having to do everything every time right but yeah so the five minute fixes are great because. Um, yeah, you don't always have the time, right? And then you can even do that a couple times a day. Like I'll, I exactly. could do that in the morning or at night or even three times. You know what I mean? It's easier to jam in there. <laughs> totally. Well, and even in between sets, right? Like yeah. if you got two or three sets a night, then you got five minutes to kind of like cool down. You can use it as cool down. Like uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, I'll make sure it's in both the show notes and also on Brudiments here for uh, for the fine folks back at home just to make sure that you, you have some corrective exercises, common areas of wrists. Um, also up into the elbows, like some of the pinning stuff you're alluding to, we'll, we'll <laughs> demonstrate some of those things too. So people can see on video what we're talking about, um, and how simple it really is and how effective it can be from just like 30 seconds on an elbow. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. yeah for and sure. like putting a ball up into a certain spot in the neck, like crazy things like that, where you'd be like, Oh, I never thought of that, but it makes sense. I should have mentioned that one. I think that's, it's that's great. probably my favorite one. Well, putting yeah. the ball into the trap is that one's amazing for sure and with like guys like you that are playing that style of music where you've got a lot going on like you've got to be stepping more than a marathoner in some of your shows for sure yeah yeah like you're sure. you're just crazy with the legs with the arms you're all over the place right like mm-hmm. seeing some of your stuff it's impressive but compound that over a series of even a weekend and I can I can tell you you're not going to be able to last it. And you can go and you can go and you can condition yourself. And like we said with uh, Chris Gormley, he mm-hmm. mentioned this. It's like you'll go and you'll go and your body will get good at it. But then it won't. Yeah, It'll be yeah. really good up to a certain point and then it's like falling off a cliff. Yeah, your body's sure. just like, oh, I can't move. Like yeah, what yeah. happened? <laughs> now, in hindsight, is that kind of what happened to you or did you always have it kind of there? Uh, no, no. It um... – it wasn't like one day that I was just like, oh, it kills. You know what I mean? No. It was like, it was like, oh, my shoulder's sort of bugging me. And then it just sort of ramped up to the, and it was just getting slowly worse the mm-hmm. more I was using it. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking it was only drumming, but I think it was just my lifestyle in general. Because yeah. when I started getting better, like I'd, say, I'd probably say I've seen the most progress in the last couple of weeks. I'm like right at, I feel like I'm like at the top of the hill yeah, yeah. and I'm like going like this. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm like right there, but then like I'll... I'll eat like an idiot or (laughs) do something stupid and then push myself a bit back on the hill. But I'm like right at the top. Yeah. So like what other kind of areas then? You mentioned like nutrition, right? Is that big? That one's been absolutely massive for me. Nutrition is probably one of the biggest ones for me because 
my diet was so bad. Okay. Now, when <laughs> you say that, give, give me an example. Everybody says, oh, you know, either they're, oh, I eat like garbage or, oh, no, I eat pretty well. And then we actually dive into it. So I'm putting you on the spot right now. Like walk me through what a bad day in my Karsha's nutritional calendar would look like. The frustrating part about it is that I usually eat well during the day. Like I'll wake up and I'll have a couple eggs. I'll have a piece of toast. I'll have like a breakfast smoothie or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like totally all, all good stuff. And then then I'll have a small lunch, a sandwich or whatever. And then and then a dinner that my wife will make like a roast with, with green beans and mashed potatoes. So all good stuff. And then I'll be like, oh, I've had such a good day. And then I, I stay up and... I have a hard time going to bed early. So I'm up and I'm practicing or doing whatever. And then after I play it, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm almost not even hungry. I'm just bored. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I want to eat something and watch a television show rather than go to bed. Yeah. So then I'll go upstairs and eat like a, like a, have you ever seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Oh yeah. yeah. Like when he eats the cereal out of the, it's like. Right out of there. Not that's, quite that's, that big, but yeah, like, but that's not even. A substantial amount of. Child cereal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lucky Charms is the yeah. go-to. No, yeah. what is the go-to? Um, <laughs> now that we're talking about it, cat's ate, out of the bag, man. Yeah, yeah. I ate my daughter's cereal last night. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> she didn't want it? Yeah, she hasn't been eating it that much. I, I'll just, I'm going to buy her more before she needs it again. But it's just like this, uh, it's just like, the, it's like a, it's supposed to be organic, healthy cereal, but I'm sure it's loaded with sugar and all this other stuff. Does it come in a box? Have you got ingredients <laughs> yeah, 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 on yeah, yeah. it? Cool. Not healthy. Uh, as yeah, much exactly, as they yeah, tell yeah. you it's healthy. No, man. Yeah. Real food doesn't have labels. No, for <laughs> right? sure. So she's, she's like, Daddy, I just want a banana. <laughs> right? Just give me a banana. No, she eats well. We make yeah. sure she eats better than I do. <laughs> oh, hey. Well, you should be taking lessons for her. She could probably yeah, uh, help sure. you out with that, right? <laughs> Yeah, Maybe she'll get you to write that down in the journal. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work for me. <laughs> Maybe she's like, Daddy, you write that down yet? Come on. Come on, Daddy. Let's get on it. What is this? Bush League? <laughs> I know. I'm no, that's, that's cool. Let's take it, uh, let's take it that way because I know family is a, a really big part of it. How important do you find um, the social structure of people around you um, having an impact on your lifestyle? Like you've had the support of your, of your wife and, and your, your, your kid, right? Like mm-hmm. how, how important is that? Oh, it's massive. I mean, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do any of this without them, right? Right. It's uh, and my lifestyle's not uh, not ideal for family life because I'm constantly working, like not Christmas, but I'm working holidays and and like long weekends and times that you'd typically be able to go away mm-hmm. is when I'm was the best time for me to play shows and make money, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> exactly. Whenever anything's planned, like a birthday party or like going out to the movies or whatever, it's like I'm busy Friday, Saturday night, and then yeah. I would teach Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday evening. Yeah. So it's it's tough in that sense. So it's without their patience, I'd be. <laughs> Totally. I'd be in trouble for sure. Right? And that, having that understanding and having that support. And uh, it's one thing for you to want to do it, but if you've got people around you, especially close, close, like family, friends that are kind of resisting, not even intentionally, but they're just not in that same headspace. They don't understand where, like, you know, for instance, I've, I've had people, uh, even in my own life, um, where, you know, you, you come in and you, you see a bag of chips and stuff, or you see a bunch of candy or, you know, beer. Booze is a big one. Especially in our lifestyles, right? Like booze all over the place and people are having a party and it's resisting that temptation because you know you've got a different order, right? Mm-hmm. Like having the ability to not necessarily say no, but not right now, right? Because you gotta perform. You gotta be able to like get up next day, right? And like yeah, those yeah. kind of things. So I definitely see value in that and I'm I'm happy to to kind of um share with you in in that sense. Um uh I think the support structure of social 
um, networks is, is far underestimated, especially mm-hmm. for us musicians. Because look at the lifestyle. You're in there. You're getting paid sometimes in beer. Yeah, That's yeah. not a healthy relationship right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never walked in on a date and said, hey, you know what? I'm not going to get the dinner, but here's a beer. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that just yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work there. It shouldn't work anywhere else. So payment um, should be, you know, and that's part of that professionalism too. And now I'm just on a tangent. So um, coming back full circle, I know part of this show is brutiments. And I know we just discussed kind of off air on how we're like, well, I'm not really a, a like, I don't sit there and just tap away on my pad. I don't. I don't do that. Like, I have to really think. I am a pad guy. I just, I'm not like a pad instructional guy. Like, like no. you know, like Rob Ryan or oh, guys yeah, that yeah. have the, and these crazy advanced concepts for using Good the pad. players, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not us hacks. <laughs> I can't even speak to that. Not this hack. Okay, you're great. So it's like, I'm just going to put myself down here. I was like, yeah, I play drums. Come on. But I, I, I actually spend most of my life on a pad. Oh, yeah. Just doing simple stuff like like I like Rob Ryan that I mentioned, I mm-hmm. went and saw and he was sort of the beginning of my transition to try and start bettering myself. He was the first person I saw and and uh I actually I mean been meaning to go back to him and I've been so busy yeah. with the shoulder and doing mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. I, but uh he helped me huge. He was probably the, the biggest part. Um where when I saw him, I went and saw him and I, I it was when I started teaching. Yeah. Actually, he reached out to me, which was awesome, and he just said, hey, I see you're a local Grimsby guy, you're a Los Cabos artist, you're going to be a teacher, like, why don't we go for a coffee and sort of shoot the, the breeze? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. And then, um, so we, we went out and we grabbed a drink, and five minutes into the conversation, it's like, yeah, I'm studying with this guy. Sure. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Legendary. Yeah, right? yeah. I can't so, wait to get you on the show too, Rob. We're yeah. going to have to do it like via Skype, I'm sure now, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, part of the original, we called it the Four Horsemen, right? Yeah, <laughs> we had yeah. the mics, and then it was like the Ryans. It was yeah, the mics yeah. and the Ryans, both Ryan Claxton, but Rob Ryan, right? So yeah, it's yeah. like um, having that, having such an instrumental mentor, really, yeah, right? Yeah. And and still having that, like, hey, out of a, out of the blue, you can call up and build a relationship with somebody so freaking powerful for yeah, your own playing. For sure. How instrumental is that for you? That was, yeah, that was, like I said, that was the first stepping stone in realizing, you know what, I can be better. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, And uh And when I went to see him for lessons, it was like, I'm just going to learn, I just want to learn theory. Because, yeah. like, I, I could read music, but I, I was like, I want to be confident if I'm going to be teaching. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure, because I just hadn't been reading or writing music in a while. So I just wanted to get that going. But then the second we sat down, it was like you know what? I don't think that's why I'm here. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of going to learn the theory as Rob helps me through what I need to work on, but I don't think he needs to teach me basic, basic theory. Cause I ended up knowing more than I thought he did help me an, an enormous amount with the theory. So I don't right. want to, <laughs> yeah. but, but he helped me more so with my grip. It was cause I really wasn't thinking about how I was holding the sticks. I was just cool. like, yeah, this is, I'm, I'll just grab these sticks. And I'll just start whacking. Yeah, yeah, and then and then he was like, "How do you? What's your grip or whatever?" And I was like, oh, I, don't, "I don't know." <laughs> so I just played for him, and then and then I I was holding the sticks basically always in French grip, no yeah, matter where yeah, I was going. Yeah. So always the fulcrum point was between my index and my thumb. Yeah, yeah. And what he taught me was sometimes not to be in French. Like in French, obviously you use French a lot, and mm-hmm. when you're using your fingers and moving around certain spots of the kit. But he he showed me American, yeah. which I'd never used before. So like twisting the hands over and then using the middle finger with the thumb as the fulcrum point, which I really didn't know before. And, and he, and he was laughing cause he goes, 
you're not going to be able to use this with your bands for a while because you're going to be dropping sticks. And, yeah. and he's like, but dropping sticks will be good because that means you're nice and loose and you're, and you're actually going for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it took me, it was like learning how to walk again. And I took like a good six months and I, I never really like growing up, I learned how to play by listening, like by waking up before high school and before I caught the bus, I'd play through all of Rust in Peace by Megadeth or like get up and play like a Maiden album, Metallica or Dream Theater or whatever. Mm. So I wasn't really like, I never would sit down and work on rudiments or anything no. like it. I don't know. I guess I just didn't need double stroke rolls or anything when I was playing. So I never bothered to work on it, but it, but now I'm just like, how can you possibly not know this, you idiot? Like, <laughs> so like, it's like, seems so idiot, uh, idiot, idiot. Like, I remember my first beer, right? Oh man, yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, a similar experience. Like when I first got lessons, um, it was like, I guess technically second. The first first go of lessons was out in Kelowna, and that was great. That was awesome. But we really focused on song arrangement and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then when I got into uh, prep for school and such. I had like a six week like crunch. I had to learn how to be proficient enough with theory to actually chart my own music mm-hmm. and then be able to play like a total snare solo. Like I've never done that before in my entire life. I didn't even know what it was. I was yeah, like, yeah. what is that? And then he <laughs> plays through it. Matt back home in Calgary, if you're watching yeah, yeah. Thank you, buddy, because you definitely saved me. And you got me the uh, AC audition and everything, so that was cool. Um, but like the grip, like just. Like, yeah, I know. Like, you're here. That tires your hand out after a while, too, right? Being more relaxed in here, like the, the American, sure. or even into, in, like, crazy in German and stuff. Like, I mean... And knowing when, when. and where to use both of them was my, my issue. I was like... And then I was... When I would do double stroke rolls before, I was like, I was using a lot of the bounce. You yeah, know what I mean? Rather yeah, yeah. than actually... One, two, one, two. Yeah, actually getting a real almost, dub, yeah. double stroke two, out of each. Yeah. So, like, when, when Rob taught me that, that was uh, – and he, and he gave me a snare solo, the three-camp solo, okay. which was a huge help. And that was, that was like, probably the biggest game changer, I think. And then when I, once I got that down, it was like, ah, this is how you do this. And then, right. and then it gave me, a, a, like, a foundation to be like, okay, now I can actually, yeah. like, learn some other rudiments. I mean, uh, now that yeah. I can actually do a double – like, it still need, a, obviously, an absolute ton of work. For sure. But it's just nice that I'm on, the, on a on – a, some sort of road yeah. that's heading uh, somewhere. Somewhere. You're, you're <laughs> going somewhere. Yeah. We're not sure where, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Well, that's actually a cool departure. Um, why don't we take time out, grab some sticks, and then show some of these little, uh, just the hand techniques, and I'll grab uh, a tool for, for some of the pinning, and maybe we can walk through. Since neither of us, like, really, I think one thing that would be really cool for everybody watching and everybody listening is hearing what type of things you do for that warm-up, because it sets you apart right now, mm-hmm. and it seems to be changing the game of how you're playing. Mm-hmm. So that's probably of equal value. Mm-hmm. How about that? For sure. Grab your sticks. I'm going to grab some too. There we go. These guys. Oh, here's the tool of the century. I don't go anywhere without one of these guys now. (laughs) Check this out, folks. Look at that. It's actually a dog bowl. I found it at my folks' place. They had a couple. I was like, I like this one. This is what's going to be in that uh, that gig bag thing I was talking about, right? So that we're coming out with Los Cabos. This you can expect. And, of course, what, uh, what sticks are you using today? Uh, the 55 ABs. Woo! Yeah. Little yellow jackets, eh? Yeah. Sweet stuff. Yeah. And I got the – this is like the Mike Schwartz signature basically now. I don't – I, I prepped this 
the pink sticks all over the place. I love the five A's and five B's depending on what I'm playing. Most of the stuff now is like, is too rootsy soul for like a five B. <laughs> like it just is too heavy. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I can't move with this thing. I'm yeah. gonna, I even switched over into, uh, into maples quite a bit now too. I switched from, I was using red hickory for a yeah, while and yeah. then I switched to the white. Uh, not, not cause I was, uh, disappointed with the red. Uh, it was just because I had changed my technique yeah. And I wasn't smashing my sticks as much. And yeah, then yeah. Uh, and then actually Phil just sent me a pair of these and they didn't have grip on them, the 55 AB. I think it was when they were when they were newer. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I was just using them on my e-kit at home as my practice sticks. And I was just like, man, these things feel amazing. Right? I love them. They, they're really cool. I really like them. They're uh, they're not too soft, but they're not too heavy. They, right. They're just like, they're just perfect. And I'll probably end up, I have, I still have red hickories at home. I don't yeah. think I'll ever ditch those. No, but, no. But I, I like, I like so the option. They're just heavy duty, right? Like yeah, They're yeah. just like, that's when you need like military grade sticks to just go through. Like I can't, this is the most worn pair. I don't know if you guys can see that at home. You definitely can't see it on the podcast, but mm. I'm going to try to get in there. That's the most worn pair I've ever had. And I think I probably had these for close to six months. That's awesome. And they're not chewed up at all. Like I, yeah. I tend to replace it as soon as it gets chewed because it, it plays around with the displacement of the weight. Mm-hmm. I find right, and I love that Los Cabos has the uh, uh, pitch and and matched. Yeah, like, weight I matched. love that. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, so, me too. So show me some stuff. What uh, what kind of stuff do you when you're talking about your technique, your grip? That seems to be like fundamental in how your playing has changed. So what kind of things can you uh, can you share that I can sort of steal from you? <laughs> uh, well, the, the first one, I'm just I'm just playing in French. Yeah. So I just. Like we said, we're uh, playing with the fulcrum point between the index finger yeah, and yeah. the thumb, and then just all control with the fingers. Oh, yeah. And that's not that's not no secret, obviously. No, French no, no. grip. Yeah, yeah. I just was never properly utilizing grips, and then and then the American was uh, the way I was explained was like when you're holding in French, your sticks are going to be straight yeah. by the way you're holding them, yeah, yeah. and then to go out into American, you're just basically going to make a triangle. Yeah. And then now this is when we switch the fulcrum point to here. Wow, that's okay. different, yeah. And then that that is like extremely weird for a lot of people. It was so weird for me when Rob first showed me. I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna be able to play like this." Right, yeah. And so you then take this, your index one right is, out of there, hey? Yeah, the index is still on the it's stick. On like, there, but that's what I say with my students. I don't ever want you don't yeah. ever want the index out here like this or no, no, still it's not, on doing, there. not doing the 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 T grip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's the British grip. Yeah, yeah. We're taking a T. <laughs> it's a T grip. <laughs> A cuppa. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. But, but yeah, so when you're an American, there's that's when you're doing your molar. You're you're getting more of the wrist into it, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And that was something that I worked on with Rob for a long time, and I I, I have perfected all of these techniques, and like I have not perfected all no. of these techniques by any means. So no, no. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, I've got it. I got it, guys. I'm hoping to return and study with Rob as soon as possible and continue improving the grip and, and everything else. But mm-hmm. uh, but this has been huge for me because now before it was like I felt like I needed like a full body warm up. It was like right. I'm, I'm going to play drums, but I'm playing a game of hockey. You know what I mean? I'm like yeah. my back's hurting. My totally. you know what I mean? But now yeah. it's like I'm sitting down and the other exercise I use and actually I was using this before Rob, but Rob gave this to me as well. But I use uh, you know Stone Killers. You ever heard of that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, an yeah. exercise by George Lawrence. I think he did it. Yeah. Uh, and um, and and I think he starts with trading twos. Yeah. And then four. And then four, and, and then, then so on, and then, and then eight, and, and then twelve, and then, yeah, yeah. and then sixteen, and then, and then alternate, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, the way yeah, Derek yeah, Roddy yeah, had yeah, it yeah, was yeah. he would do four, he would trade four. Yeah. 
and then trade eight yeah. and then trade 12 and then trade 16 and then, and then, and then this for two minutes of all of them. Wow. And then, uh, and then after that, so that's 10 minutes yeah. and then, uh, and then you do it with your feet. Oh, so then like, oh yeah. And then all the way through four, eight, 12, 16. And then, yeah, and, then and that's, and then, that's totally your game too. We didn't even allude to that is that you are like a, a ninja with the doubles, <laughs> right? Like you're just absolutely like, that's your game. Right? Yeah. The double base stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. probably my, I would say yes. if I have a specialty, that would be it, I guess. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have something and I cannot do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? But so, so yeah, so I go through with the hands and then I go through the exact same thing with the feet cool. and then I go through with the hands and the feet together. Oh wow. So it's 30 right. minutes nonstop. And when I first did this exercise, I was like, Poop. this sucks. Horrible, I hated yeah. it. And yeah. now, and now I can blast through it, but it's. But I did between that and then uh, and then doing um, I do some uh, some before I do that I'll do some a couple uh, molar exercises okay. that Rob gave me yeah. where I'm just like and then I'm just this hand's just doing this and this hand just does a bunch of a uh, bunch of different accents throughout catch and catch it. yeah so it's like yeah it's on like the the down one and two and three. And then just moves it all around. And the cool thing that Rob was teaching me when we did this was because everybody thinks about moving around the kit and yeah. and the coordination between your feet and your hands. And obviously, because that's what drumming is, right? Mm-hmm. But then he goes, but but not a lot of people think about doing like because when I'm doing this, this is easy because it's downstrokes, right? But then yeah. when I switch to the hands, my left hand is doing is doing down, and this one's going up. And when I first did that, I was just like. Right. This is insane. And I was like, it was so hard. And then when I, once I got it, now I can now I can do the do it with the, with the left hand, doing right. the molar pattern, oh, and the, the right hand. So, oh yeah, so you doing your leads out. Yeah, oh, and then cool. and then I have a similar exercise that Mangini gave me that I'm not going to totally give away, but it's the yeah. same same idea. Yeah. Where where he's he's keeping the right foot going, and then he's throwing in the left yeah, all yeah, the way throughout, yeah. and then and then you keep the left foot going, you throw the right so in. Leads, leads, so leads. it's all it's oh, all man. about ambidextrous stuff. Very interesting to wrap this kind of like full circle is that how much of that plays off of the stuff that we work with mm-hmm. on, on physical wellness, which I mean, we're going to give everybody the video of what we do here today anyways, too. So you guys have an idea of the stuff that I'm doing with drummers such as Mike and other musicians. So you have an idea of what kind of like it, it becomes more real. Um, but there's so much correlation in how we as performers have this coordination thing and the, uh, the plasticity of the brain to be able to like create. But it's funny because I, I see this all the time with uh, with players is that they'll be playing the same pattern over here and then they cross the medium line and bring it back over to their hat at their right hand and they can't do the same thing. They can't play the same pattern because their body just remembers it in such a focused pattern. So it's interesting you bring that up on the downstroke versus upstroke mm-hmm. and then switching around your leads because one of my favorite drills that is – I call it the sprinkler because like when you play it, it's just that switch of, of switching eights and, mm-hmm. and quarters on on that one, two three four one and two and three and four and one two three yeah four, yeah one and two and three and four and yeah yeah and sure. it's it's a simple act but then you start doing that with your left hand right foot right foot right hand and playing interdependently between those limbs mind blowing yeah but for sure we can do that the more we get comfortable with what we call proprioception when you are able to move your body in time and space and we get that from basic elementary not easy but elementary fundamentals of movement mm-hmm. it's the same thing your brain has to process it so it's like there's so much of a correlation direct correlation between movement principles of exercise and fitness and mm-hmm. wellness and strength training 
to what we do as musicians. Like yeah. there's so much of that muscle coordination. Yeah. Shit. And, and I've, <laughs> I've found for me personally, I can't develop everything I need with drumming, just with drumming. You no. know what I mean? I yeah. need, I need exercises outside of it to make sure like the, the muscles in my back are doing what they're supposed to. And my, totally. my arm muscles are doing what they're supposed to. And, and I think I was doing a lot of stuff just being like, oh, I'll just muscle it straight from this shoulder. Yeah. And it works for so long. But then like you were saying, it it's like, and then yeah, all of a sudden Cliff. it's, yeah. And now it's bugging you and it's like, well, do I keep pushing this or do I yeah. find out the right way to do things? <laughs> exactly. Well, awesome, my man. I'd like to uh, I'd like to thank you again for, for being on the show. <laughs> this will be a double thing. We got it on the podcast, we got video, we got brudiments, we got a little ratitude, we got we got a whole bunch of stuff, and we'll also stay tuned. We'll pick things back up too with uh, with your whole workout, provided you're you're fine with that. I'm yeah, for sure. Seeing, seeing you sweat, you know, <laughs> not everybody not everybody wants to see that, but yeah. I'm sure somebody out there does, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, again, to wrap things up, where can people find you if they want to reach out, ask you about warm ups, ask you about sessions, ask you about like all your tips and tricks? I see you're super super. You're like. You're kind of like a Beyonce on the Facebook world to me right now. You put something out there and people are like, Poof. you're like, I don't know. I can't think of anything else that's not dated other than Beyonce. So she's a queen. What's up? Yeah. Where can people reach out and find you, man? Uh, there's a few places. I can just look me up on Facebook. I've got a personal page. I've got uh, my artist page as well. It's Mike Carshaw Drummer. And my regular page is just Mike Carshaw. Um you can look me up on YouTube. I think my handle is Mike Harshaw 88, just youtube.com slash Mike Harshaw 88. Um, and then my Instagram, which I think is just Mike Harshaw drums. And then, yeah, I just post all my stuff there. If you're interested in what I'm doing or yeah. what's coming I'll, up, I'll make sure everything is Lynn Lynn lined out there in the, uh, in the show notes for both the podcast and Brudiments here. Awesome. Thank you. Once again, we're going to get to Thank a you, workout Sounds and, good. uh, and keep you funky and fresh and tippy-tapping awesome. all, all that drum stuff. Sounds good. <laughs> all right. Okay, until next time, folks. Stay sweet. Peace. All right, there you have it, folks. Again, big thanks to Mike. Thanks to Los Cabos. And uh, thanks to all you for listening. Until next time, stay sweet. Peace. You've been listening to Ratzoot RX. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the home of all things musician wellness. If you've not done so already, please subscribe on your favorite platform, rate and review the podcast. That's how this thing grows for me, and I'd really, really appreciate that. Also, I'd like to encourage you to head on over to my website, www.therockdr.com. From there, I'm going to give you a free 21-day journal to help you start each day the right way with focus, reflection, and help you keep it real. All right, We're going to build you some better habits in 21 days. There's a free download there at the bottom. Just click the link. Give me some contact info. Tell me where to send it, and it's all yours. Also, I'd love it if you just told me a little bit about yourself in the Artist Lifestyle Checkup so I can give you a personalized prescription and tips or tricks to help overcome those obstacles like you know poor nutrition, poor sleeping habits, aches and pains in the body, all that stuff that's keeping you from doing the stuff that you really love. Okay, Head on over to therockdr.com. Take the Artist Lifestyle Checkup. We'll connect soon. All right. Till next time, stay sweet. Peace. Whoosh. <laughs>